0: Good morning, radio bloggers. It's 9 30 on Thursday, the 4th of June 2020. This is show number 50. Oh my goodness, it's Midler Thursday. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo!
1: Keep this frequency clear
0: a children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world join Pike Corbett Russell Prue, Ian Rocky and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30am online radio live blogging this is
1: radioblogging.net
0: and a very good morning to you bloggers. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for joining us. We'd love to hear from you here with the contact details.
2: Contact the show right now. Send a text to the studio 07624 802 272. Email us on radioblogging at gmail.com or drop us a contact request via the website radioblogging.net.
0: And those are so easy to use, so do get in contact with us as well. Very important social etiquette in this day and age, listeners, very important. Say hello to your friends, say hello to your family, say hello to your work colleagues. So, time to check in with the professor. How's the well,
3: professor? It, it's not so well like this morning. Uh, it, hopefully, hopefully, listeners, sounds a little clearer this morning and not so much of an echo, echo, echo. No, it should be fine. This morning. Very good Impro, Very good. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed. No, I'm good. Thanks. Looking for 50 shows. Who'd have thought it? Excited for today though, Russell. In
0: the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. Deputy Mitchell, how's it going on the site, sir? Uh,
1: good morning. Uh, all good on the site this morning. Um, we had an amazing day yesterday. Just a little update actually on some figures. Uh, yesterday's jotcast. Remember the jotcast? Yes. We it lasted about 10 minutes. We had over 8,000 words written by the children in those oh, 10 minutes. Is that the highest number That's ever? Double the highest number ever for some reason yesterday. People were on form um, and keeping me rather busy. I think I, uh, I need little pads on the end of my fingers. I was working so hard. Um, but we'll see what we do today. I think we're, we're in for a treat today. 50 shows. Where's it gone? It's it has it gone. It? We
0: need a chart. We need a government chart with that. We uh, let, <laughs> okay, Let's get John on a government chart. We should do that. <laughs> let's go across and meet the main
2: man. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net.
0: How's everything in your household pie? All
4: very good, actually. The young master is on a day, uh, well, he did a night. So he is recovering from the night, but the shift was good everybody is happy and because uh, those of you who don't know he works with old people so um he usually is at work now wheeling the trolley around and making sure everybody's had brekkie uh, but he's resting at home so that's all good he's safe and uh we're both fine and news from the aunt on the dog front the dogs are possibly going to be having a move Um, she's thinking of moving house, which is a bit crazy between you and me, Russell, because she is very, very, very ancient. And the idea of moving a house when you're almost 90 years old seems to be crazy. But the dogs are very excited about this because they are going to be moving down near to the seaside. So they're looking forward to runs along the beach. So, yeah, all good. And I'm really looking forward to cracking on
2: with some games, Russell creative games play and try with ian and pi
3: morning boss are you there i'm i'm here pi i'm very well thank you looking forward to this as always great how was school Best school's today. okay thank you thank you for asking school's yeah. okay i've got a great team and we're uh, we're good to go for monday thank you very much okay all right
4: so uh, everyone coming they'll be really looking forward to coming back in and a little bit little bit worried a little bit apprehensive you can understand that it's been a long time but yeah. i bet they'll be looking forward to coming back in and being with all their mates again and getting back into the routines of it all I think um so. i thought we'd crack in with just one of those little get very fast games um as a poem by a poet called robert southey written donkeys years ago um actually written 200 years ago called the cataract of lodore now a cataract is a dirty great waterfall and this waterfall is up somewhere in uh, near Ketig. I've, I've driven there actually um, you walk up through the woods to see it it's about sort of i don't know um 50 meters tall and the water just crashes down this this cliff edge and in his poem to describe it he just made an enormous list of, uh, you know, those, uh, the verbs that end in ing, like running, jumping, leaping. Yeah. So he says the waterfalls were leaping, running, jumping, dashing. And we just keep going like that and we, we see who is the one uh, that dries up. Now, those of you who've not been with us before, we always start with a couple of games just to warm our brains up, just to get us into that creative mood, just to get used to generating ideas very fast. Because if you can't think of ideas, then you're going to find it very hard to write creatively. Because when we write creatively, we need to be generating possibilities, but also judging, choosing, and selecting. So this is about generating. So the waterfall was... I'll start us off leaping,
3: jumping, seeping, glistening, glittering, swirling, gleaming, tumbling, whirling, cascading, twirling, sparkling seeping. Oh
4: I said that before. <laughs> uh, did I say that before? I <laughs> think I did. It twice. Penalty. It. <laughs> 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 oh god, I thought I was going to be so good at that game. <laughs> I even wrote a list out of them. my eye went to the wrong one. Advantage <laughs>
0: Rocky. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh dear, okay folks. Um uh, so that can be played in pairs. I used to do that when I was a teacher actually. I'd give them a minute. And I'd say, ready, steady, go. We would see who could write the largest number of ing verbs in one minute or in two minutes, like a race to really get those words down. And it just fires up the brain and it just gets us going now we've got kirsty uh joining us she's with us this morning i know that she's uh listening in so that's great and she's going to be doing a a reading from her book the middler and talking about the middler i was a middler i've got two older brothers and two younger brothers there were five of us so i was a a, a middler sort of Uh, and the older ones seem to get all the attention um at the beginning sort of and then then the babies come along and they get a lot of attention you're sort of stuck in the middle um so it was a book that really attracted me so one of the things in it uh in the book is the children are warned not to go near the boundary there's this town ian, and it has a boundary around it and bo- beyond the boundary are the wanderers and the children are warned don't go near the boundary what do you think they do ian go near the boundary <laughs> yes exactly it's what i call a warning story it's a great way to open a story mm. start with a warning like don't go down by the canal and there you are there's the plot what are they going to do they're going to go to the canal something's going to go wrong Maybe mean fall in or something then they're going to need a rescue i mean usually at the end of this sort of story the person who told you not to do it catches up with you in the end uh, and tells you off you know and you get grounded for two weeks my mother was always grounding us so you're grounded you have to stay in your bedroom mm-hmm. um, uh, and then we'd escape of course now let's generate a lot of warning starters okay okay so, you start this time
3: uh don't wander off the path mm, that's a little
4: red riding hood one isn't it mm. yeah. don't touch that red button uh
3: come home straight away or else yeah don't you hang around down by the bus stop uh, I wouldn't swim there if I were you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't know why that one's funny. There must be something in the past. I, I do remember actually years ago, I think I was about seven or eight, um, being told not to go into the, uh, we do have a canal near us, not to go into the canal. And of course I went in, in a shallow bit and I trod on a piece of glass and because I was in the water, I didn't really feel it until I got out and i put my wellington boots on and then i could sort of feel oh it was really horrible um yeah. okay so don't you muck around with pt <laughs> was my best friend and my mother disapproved of him <laughs> he actually disapproved of many things in my life
3: <laughs> oh, um let's have let's go with don't touch the hot pan <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes all right don't play don't don't fool around by drains <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't try to open the door whilst the train is moving
4: <laughs> <laughs> that always frightens me when we've been on aeroplanes mm. um i a couple of times i've had the the uh, um seat by the door and it always worries me what happens if somebody opens the door well of course they, i don't think they can actually open the door it must be locked Um, but that always frightens me okay folks we have got two possibilities uh we've got that idea of the warning story and of course what ian and i were doing there we were drawing on things from our past probably when we were children that people used to warn us about um things like i can remember in the conker season uh and you'd have to try and make a hole in your conker and of course if you hold the conquer in the palm of your hand and then you've got some sort of sharp instrument and you're pushing into it it'll suddenly go through the conquer into the palm of your hand so what we're doing is we're drawing on all sorts of things that mums and dads and teachers used to warn us about um so generating some warning starters or going for that very rapid ing verb. And while you're playing this at home or in school, I think, Russell, we
0: could have a musical interlude. What have you got for us? I'm going to delight you. Today's choice inspired by Andrew Kilgore and family. And he thought we should play this. And so we
2: are. Contact the show right now. Send a text to the studio 07624 Email us on radioblogging at gmail.com or drop us a contact request via the website radioblogging.net.
0: Thanks, Amy. We will do that. Do get in contact, folks. Lovely to have your company. So a big thank you there to uh, Andrew Kilgore and the fabulous family there, the kilgore ets uh, for a good choice. Actually, keep them coming. I don't mind. Let's uh let's have some steering if you like. But going through some of the cop shows and Ian started it, so he's to blame. There's the warning sign. Ian started it some <laughs> time ago. There, you started it on oh, Monday. It's your fault. Uh, so shout out now for me to start with. So a, a very good warning to Kirsty. Thank you so much for your tweet, and uh, and she's enjoying the show. That's lovely, uh, Catherine. Emmett, good morning to you. Thank you so much for uh, your tweet. And to Becky as well. Really enjoying uh, the show so far. We've hardly started and you're enjoying it. It's lovely. Miss Wood is with us again. Sham K is also with us. Alison Carrick, thank you so much indeed. And Miss Warburton, hello are you any relation can I get a loaf how exciting lovely team three and the great green uh, team I guess that's someone there. So lovely video from a teacher giving some work and of course we're included in that Alice hello thank you very much to you as well and Lloyd Mason Edwards thank you so much for your message really really kind to hear from you hello to Rich Simpson as well Uh, good morning to you all Ian what do you have
3: from us thank you very much indeed Russell 15 minutes to 10 this morning on radioblogging.net very good morning to you Richard has been in touch via the email which you can do of course radioblogging at gmail.com thank you so much for today's show which was yesterday we loved here at some uh, Summerfield's primary it was the first day we had all of our laptops to our own type our own responses on rather than calling them out for me to have to type and submit really like the ability uh, to download teacher notes in advance as well so I knew what the games were great stuff thanks for doing it all Richard thanks so much for getting in touch really really kind of you jamie of course has been in touch as well jamie graysmith good morning thanks everyone just want to say thanks for the program notes back in school with children it allows me to enjoy the show without trying to scribble everything down and teach at the same time keep up the great work we are hugely grateful for your continued inspiration and Jamie would like a shout out for the year at six children in the Emporium Bubble I like that Jamie good mm. style in the Emporium Bubble at Belmont School in Grantham doing a project on rivers so the verb game will come in handy you are so welcome uh, our good friend Lorraine Harrison has been in touch as well thanks Pie, Pi for the teacher notes saves me writing frantically to get everything down thank you so much looking forward to hearing a reading from The Midler today don't forget of course we've also got the contact padlet so if you go to contact radio blogging at the top of the show page a uh, top of the website I beg your pardon india from pensby primary uh, good morning to you thank you for getting in touch All the year fives are in today. Miss Channel Clark and the year six boys at Westfield Primary School ready for the show. Enjoying tuning in every day, working hard with responses. Thank you. Rebecca from Brunel Class, 21st day listening. Shout out for Poppy, Miss F and all her friends from Brunel Class, St. Paul's, Poynton. Thomas G and Sarah, Mrs. Murrin, Very good friend there from Stone with Woodford. Looking forward to hearing Kirsty's reading from The Midler. Uh, Thank you so much for getting in touch. Edith as well. Like a shout out for Betty martha and daphne loving the show so excited from today mrs eltringham good morning how are you today please can i have one of your wonderful shout outs for the lovely boys and girls in p5 and 6 at Skelmorley morley primary they have been regular listeners and their writing is flourishing that is why we do it thank you mrs eltringham thank you for getting in touch bebop Would like a shout-out, as would Onora uh, for her teacher, Mrs. Shirtlift. Absolutely, no problem at all. Axel from Stone School as well. Thank you very much indeed. Just a couple of very quick comments, because of course you can comment on the bottom of the show page, being of course the 4th of June. Olivia, Mrs. Hollis, who can't wait for today, absolutely loved the book. Had to read it in one go. It was so gripping. Thank you, Radio Blogging Team, for continuing to introduce new and exciting authors to the audience, alongside more established ones and in fact looking on twitter last night and this morning and um, people are getting hold of books that have been recommended by our show which is really really lovely uh kirat good morning to you mrs lane as well shout out for ashcroft infants year two key worker children listening for the first time i will come back a little later with a few more shout outs but now we can move on with the show at 12 minutes past 10 it uh 12 minutes 210 let's not go too fast it's over to ply corbett Ah, oh, great stuff. Okay, Jamie, Jamie
4: at Bel- Belmont. Did I hear? Did I hear Jamie Grossmith? Did I? Yeah, you
3: did. Absolutely,
4: I did. It's Jamie. Yeah. Hello, Jamie. Ah, great to be in touch again. Yeah, Jamie's a fabulous teacher who uh, worked on a project with me. And I remember him doing a presentation about some of the writing the children uh, had done. Jamie, you'll remember this moment. And it was so moving. Wonderful writing. Yeah, great teacher writing. Fabulous to have you on board, Jamie, with your children there. Really good to uh, have that. Right. Kirsty, we're almost upon your the moment where we're going to hear your reading. So everybody's on today's show. And just above where it says Activity 1, you will see an orange box that says Kirsty Applebaum response. So if we click on there, nothing happens. Oh, yes, it does. The blue line goes across the top, and bingo, up comes a green pattern, and that is what is called a padlet. And um, uh, this is where we're going to post a response to the reading. Now, in order to do that, if you've never done this before... Uh, you click on that pink blob with the plus mark and bingo, up comes what looks rather like a post-it note. And where it says title, that's where you type your name. So I've written Pi. Now, we have to have your name. We uh, Everything is double checked. Everything is read. So we have to have your name up there so we know who has posted the response. And then drop the cursor down and you're ready to write. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen to um, Kirsty introduce the book. And she's going to read from the beginning of um, chapter two uh, to us. And then we'd l- like to write a, uh, a thoughtful response um, back to Kirsty so that she can um, pick up on what we thought of uh, the reading. So sometimes people write about things that they liked or the, maybe um, uh, things that were unusual or surprised them or unanswered questions. Sometimes people predict what they think is going to happen in the rest of the story. People often quote little phrases, that, "Oh, that's really nice, I like that. Uh, sometimes people pick up on questions for the author. I think it's always interesting to go back afterwards and look at the different responses and think, which is the most insightful? Because it's one thing to say I loved the reading; it was cool. That doesn't really tell us very much. I think the ones that are interesting, where people raise really perceptive questions. One of the things that I'm wondering, and you'll notice this during the reading, you've got very different characters. You've got Maggie. You've got uh, you've got Jed, and they're both very, very different characters. And there's one moment where uh, Jed, it's mentioned that he has his granddad's watch. Why has he got his grand, uh, granddad's watch? Why is that mentioned? Is that going to be significant? I don't know, um, but I'd be interested to know and I'd need to read on. I think we're ready now, Russell, for Kirsty's uh, reading, and everybody can have their notebooks re- uh, to the fore, jot thoughts down as you go along, and then when we've had it, we will write our response up. Kirsty will be able to see that. So here we go, the middler.
0: is radioblogging.net.
5: Hi, my name's Kirsty Applebaum and I am the author of two middle grade novels, The Midler and True Friend. Uh, The Midler came out last year and I'm pleased to say it's been shortlisted for the Waterstones Children's Book Prize and True Friend came out this year, April, right in the middle of lockdown. Um, So I'm going to read to you a little bit from The Midler today, from my first book. And The Midler tells the story of an 11-year-old girl called Maggie Cruz. And Maggie lives in a town called Fenniswick. And Fenniswick has a boundary all the way around it. And no one is allowed out and no one is allowed in. Um, I'm going to read you the prologue. To begin with it's very short it's just four lines long and it goes like this our eldest jed got born first out of all of us our youngest trig he got born four years later and me maggie i was in between the middler worse luck so we know from that prologue that Maggie is a middle child, a middler, and we know that she's not all that happy about it. Um, the reason she's not that happy about it is because in her town, Wig, only the eldest children are considered special. And they're considered so special that they're even chanted about in assembly. They're considered brave and heroic and the middlers are not really considered important at all. We follow Maggie and her two brothers, Jed and Trig on their first day back to school um, after a long, hot summer holiday in Chapter One. And when they get there, there's an assembly. And during this assembly, the mayor comes in and the mayor has a very important announcement. She says that wanderers have been spotted close to the town boundary. And this is really frightening news, Um, Maggie's scared, but not just Maggie, the whole school is scared. The mayor says the wanderers are dirty, dangerous, deceitful. She keeps repeating it, she says they're dirty, dangerous and deceitful. But she says the one way to keep yourself safe is to never go beyond the boundary. However, what's the first thing Jed wants to do when he gets home? He wants to go straight down to that boundary, hunting for wanderers. And Maggie's scared, but Jed's the eldest, so they all go with him. So Jed, Maggie and Trig, And another friend of theirs, Lindy, who's also an eldest like Jed, all go down to the boundary. And I'm going to read to you from chapter two, from that point where they're down at the boundary near where a hawthorn hedge forms part of the town boundary. After school, we changed out of our uniforms and went up to the cemetery, right out near the Hawthorne boundary, hunting for wanderers. It was Jed's idea. Come on, he called down. Who's coming up next? He was balanced in the tallest tree, legs dappled by the leaves and the sun. Looked like he was wearing camouflage. The branches rippled in the heat. Me and Trig and Lindy all squinted up. Look. Jed pointed south past the red-buried hawthorn. Grandad Cruz's watch glinted on his wrist. I can see for miles. My heart cadunk, cadunk, cadunked under my t-shirt. Can you see any wanderers? Trigg shaded his eyes with both hands. Course not, not yet, said Jed. We've got to watch and wait. He was really high. My stomach swirled just looking at him. Do you think the mayor will give us a reward? I shaded my eyes too. You know, if we find one, will she read our names out in assembly? Jed laughed. You're never going to spot one, Maggie. You're just a middler. You're too scared even to climb up here. Yeah, you're always too scared of everything. Lindy elbowed me and Trig out of the way. Watch out, Jed. I'm coming up next. Jed grinned. It was his idea of heaven sitting on a branch with lindy all to himself she walked between the two graves set under the tree the headstones had ancient names carved into them william whittington and georgina millicent cruz georgina millicent cruz was my great 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 grandmother funny how the cemetery smelled of grass and soil and sap laden trees when actually we were surrounded by old dead relatives. Lindy got a knotty handhold on the trunk and found somewhere to put her first foot. She pulled herself up and found a second foothold, then a third, a fourth, a fifth. She didn't have shorts on like me. She was wearing a stupid white dress that showed her underwear if she even just climbed over a stile. She was nearly up to Jed. My mouth went dry. They were right. I was scared of climbing, of hunting for wanderers, of everything. So what, though? So what? We were never going to find one anyway.
0: This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet.
4: Wow, uh, that was beautifully read. Um, I love the tone of uh, Kirsty's voice. It reminded me a bit of the reading by Julia Green. Well paced, crystal clear, every word valued and, um, and a lovely tone to the voice. Really enjoyed that. Now, I'm trying to think a bit more deeply this morning, uh, as I said earlier, not just put, oh, it was a fantastic reading. I'm wondering why Jed taunts Maggie. I mean, he, he is the oldest. And in this society, the oldest is very um, privileged. Uh, Why does he need to taunt Maggie? What does he get out of that? Uh, How does it make uh, her feel? How does it make him feel? And is he going to change during the course of what happens? She's the middle one. She's the nervous one. She's the shyer one. What's going to happen and how will she be by the end? So I've just put in today, not a long piece at all. I've just typed in. I've dropped my cursor down and I've typed in, why does Jed taunt Maggie? And it's just make, wait, making me wonder what's going to happen uh, and whether the character going to develop and change through experience in the novel. OK, <clears throat> I've clicked on the green uh, the outside of the little post-it and it says awaiting approval. So, Kirsty, I know that you're listening. I know that you found this large green padlet. And all you've got to do is look at the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net. And then to the right of that, you can see a semicircle with an arrow. If you click on that, then bingo, up comes a good 30 or 40 different responses there uh, to your writing. And um, you'll be really fascinated to read what the children and the different adults have come up with. Uh, Russell, I think that while uh, everybody is working on the Padlet, and do put two or three responses up there, folks, don't just limit it uh, to one thing. I think probably we could um, listen to some of the um, kapow, uh, some of the openings that were written mm. yesterday that would be
0: rather good while everybody's working on the padlet we love to share good writing and good audio work as well and yes i can certainly do that i've got a couple of them for you today bloggers uh some gorgeous ones absolutely stunning but lots of you made a lot of effort and thank you so much everything is up there everyone listens to all of them and they're up there for you all to click on and enjoy Uh, and thank you very much so emily from manor field she's up first
2: My heart was pounding. As I dashed up the crumbling stairwell, I remembered Raven's last threats. I will get you one day, even if it is the last thing I do. I shuddered. I knew full well that Raven and her sidekick crab would be hunting me down right the second. Maybe they were behind me. No, they're miles away. Don't be silly, I told myself. I was just turning in the corner when suddenly crab grabbed my arm. You're coming with me, and Raven isn't happy, he whispered menacingly. I was finally caught.
0: Stunning performance there, Pie.
2: Wow,
4: that was fantastic. The Expression was brilliant, the writing was superb. It
0: it just sounded as if it was in a novel didn't it professional superb work just amazing what beautifully recorded Mm. emily really good work you took a Mm. lot of effort there lovely vocal control as well no popping Mm. on the microphone i mean as professional as it gets i have to say it's stunning thank you very much now thomas is up next now david there's a bit of a backstory and we love a backstory here on radio blogging tell the listeners all about thomas's
1: poem yeah, don't we just love a backstory here. Now, this grabbed our attention um, because this was uh, something that was written by um, by Thomas called The Wreck of Edward Bolin. And um, it caught the attention of John Sutton, who's one of our team here. And I'll just explain. I won't read anything out because Thomas is going to read it shortly to you. But it was what happened in the comments that really struck um well, really made uh, headlines really for us and um, because he wrote what he what he wrote and it was uh, john sutton who spotted this and said uh, hi thomas what a fabulous poem i love the line and i won't read you the line um, and he said where did you find out about the wreck now thomas replies and it's what thomas replies that really m- 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 made us intrigued on this he said well hi thanks for the comment i've been listening to you for a while now and i love the program i used the tip that you gave about researching what you write about and googled famous shipwrecks. The Edward Boland shipwreck particularly struck out for me as the ship is now in a desert. And so the comments go on, and it ends up that uh, John encourages Thomas said, Why don't you, uh, you know, re- uh, record it on the Padlet? which he couldn't do because it wasn't working for him. So he asked for advice. John gave him some uh, feedback in terms of getting it to work, and then it appears. On, it was late last night it appeared. and I think, Russell, you managed to do something with it this morning. So let's have a listen to what Thomas has written.
2: The Wreck of the Edward Bolin. The Edward Bolin drifts through forgotten history in Namibian desert sands on skeleton coasts where the deep blue waters clash against the burnt orange ripples. The rusty carcass lies abandoned, caught out by the disorientating thick fogs rolling in. The bones of the ship pierce the sky like a jackal's howl. And over time, the arid waste swallowed the sea, burying the ship in a sandy tomb.
0: Getting better, aren't they, Pi? That
4: was superb, wasn't it? And he just shows the importance of the research. Um, uh, and Kirsty, I know is is listening and really engaged with what we're doing. And Kirsty, we've had so many authors come on who've talked about the importance of researching before writing. And my experience is is that very often, if you are researching and reading around a subject, you read something and it triggers an idea, which it did there. And not only was it a really good piece of writing, but once again, Russell, it was beautifully read aloud and performed
0: absolutely and that is such an important part of communication folks really important and that's why we want you to practice it and get really good just like thomas uh four, five stars top rating thomas and emily great performances today
4: mm. amazing yeah really 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 enjoyed that fantastic stuff now i know that um, Kirsty is looking at the padlet you've got the green padlet there Kirsty. and in order to respond look at the bottom right hand corner there's a pink blob with a plus mark on it just click on that and up will come a post-it note and you write into that. I and mean, then in order to post your what you've written, you have to click somewhere else on the green padlet. And bingo, it will then um, be uh, looked at by uh, probably David. And um, we've now got quite a number uh, on there. So... Um, are we ready to move on, do
0: you think, um, uh, Russell? Oh, absolutely. I, there is. A, I have music ready for you, or we can go jotcasting, whatever you prefer. How are we doing for timing? Do you think there's more time needed for writing?
4: I think a couple of minutes, actually. We can have a couple of minutes of writing. Um, and I know that Kirsty is uh, reading everything through. Shall we have a couple of minutes? And if you've finished your writing, everybody, have a look at the two faces on Activity 1. And in your notebooks, not on the jotcast, but in your notebooks... Start jotting down any thoughts about these characters. Um, What do you think they feel? What are they like? What descriptive language would we use to bring that alive? What do you think they're about to say? Have a think about that and we'll play some music while you're making some notes and then we'll do activity one.
0: Good, I've got something that'll put a smile in your face, listeners, and get you smiling and laughing whilst you're doing. We've just tweeted a direct link on the uh, radio blogging Twitter account to Thomas's work so you can find that more easily. Stick dastardly and muttly. And they're after that pigeon again.
2: radio blogging bringing unique learning opportunities every day you're listening to russell prue Pi corbett deputy mitchell and ian rocky what better way to start your day
0: I just love that everyone in the team were chatting their privacy. They're just all smiling and laughing and just absolutely loving. That's a lovely distraction there. It just takes me back. That was a cartoon series I used to watch. Weekdays. How did they ever make so many? Just amazing there. Just absolutely lovely. They should be on an archive somewhere, I'm quite sure. Ian, what do you have for us on the shout-outs?
3: Thank you, Russell. Yeah, got some shout-outs this morning. I'm going to go to the uh, the page first, where you can, of course, comment at the bottom of the page. And I'm going to say good morning to Rosie. Uh, straight after Joe Wicks, I do radio blogging, and you're here with us now. Can't wait for today's show. Thank you. Mr. Simpson, good morning from the Isle of Wight. It's cold here today. I know. Hasn't it plummeted? But at least it's not raining. Well, that's good. Maybe we can get out a little bit later. Theo from Norton Fitzwarren. Good morning, everybody. Really looking forward to Midler Thursday. Absolutely. Bethany, good morning to you the Kilgores ready to rumble as always, thank you so much, lovely to hear from you, Um, Atkarsha uh, lovely to hear from you too, thank you for getting in touch also Devon, good morning to you Freya, really excited to get involved with the activities as is Izzy from Stone with Woodford uh, Eliza would like a shout out for Katie, Ellie, George, Lottie and everyone else at Stockland Primary. Also good morning to uh, Benjamin and Davin as well from Bispam Drive. Would like a shout out for everybody at Bisping Drive Junior School. Absolutely no problem at all. Marcus would like a shout out for everyone at Randwick Primary School in Stroud. That's not too far away at all. Good morning to you. Uh, how lovely to have you on the show. Toby, looking forward to Middle Midler Thursday. Uh, welcome to uh, Looking forward to middle of Wednesday. It's says middle of Wednesday. Don't worry. We've got it sorted. We're all over it this morning, Toby. But thank you for the pointer. Micklefield 6M Homeschoolers. We love you. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Got a shout out to everyone at Micklefield School. No problem at all. And Lily as well. And uh, Keith at Westfield. Can you have a shout out? Of course you can. Absolutely no problem at all. Um, of course, you can get in touch via the email by emailing radioblogging at gmail.com. And Victoria has done that this morning. Good morning, all at Radio Blogging. I'm listening live with Oak Class at West Horndon Primary School in Essex. Please, could we have a shout out? We are enjoying the show so far. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Sachi, good morning to you. Shout out to Miss Cammy, who's in Warren Road, teaching her old class 6M. Thank you very much indeed. And also Julia has been in touch. Thank you uh, for your comments. I just want to let you know how much you have changed my daughter's writing and for the support and the progress that she is making. Uh, That is Olivia. But for now, that's all for me. I'll be back later with a few more shout outs over now, though, to Pi to continue the show. Okay, great. Um, I'm still staggered by Thomas's piece of writing. I did
4: really think that was, I mean, both pieces were superb and I just loved the way that um, they were read aloud. Marvellous stuff. I keep getting, uh, I do like to follow the authors who we've had on and I get Jackie French. Do you remember Jackie French, Russell? Yes. From Australia. Yes.
0: Uh, Um, Wallabies. She's got a wallaby um, farm and stuff, looks after them. Are they wallabies? Yes, I'm sure. I thought they were wombats. They are wombats. So it began with were. Look, for goodness sake. It's <laughs> I'm old. I'm getting old. I knew it was a were. It was a whir word. You can't go wrong. And Look, it would have been okay. Why did you have to mention that? We could have got away with that.
4: <laughs> She's called one of the Rosie McBristles. It just makes me amused. And Virtually every day she posts a little picture of these... These whatever they are, these Australian things lumbering around It's fantastic stuff. They look all cuddly and lovely. Anyway, I'm completely distracted. Come on, folks, let's come out of the writing response bit. Uh, We can go back to that when Kirsty does her interview. And I know some of you will have been looking at these two pictures. And today we're going to focus a bit on the characterization, because when I was listening to the middle, I was really thinking about how um, Kirsty has managed to already Very, very rapidly begin to draw the characters so that we get a sense of the sort of person that Maggie is like and a sense in particular of what Jed uh, uh, is like. And so, what we're going to try and do is to draw on all the things that we've learned so far and see if we can begin to uh, write some sentences uh, that suggest character. Now, I'll just say a few things. The first thing is remember, name it. It's not the old lady. Give her a name. It's not the young. I think that's probably a young lad. Give him a name. Because as soon as we name something, it brings it alive. So think of uh, the name of your character. Now, if we're going to do characterization, the next thing to think about is how does my character feel? Because if you know how your character feels, then you will be able to think about what are they thinking? Obviously, what are they feeling? But how do they move? And um, and what might they say? And my big challenge is I want you to suggest to me how your character is feeling by what they say and what they do. For instance, if you look at that lady at the uh, top, the older lady, if I uh, will call her Mrs. Goggins, you, you find your own name for her. But if, if Mrs. Goggins, well, if I wrote Mrs. Goggins, swiveled round and glared. I haven't told you she's angry, but the fact that she is glaring, the reader instantly knows that she is angry and she's swiveling round. So she's probably going to say something snappy. So if I write, uh, Mrs. Goggins swiveled round and glared straight at me. What are you doing here? She snapped. So now I'm building up the character through what she does, what she says, and how she says it so those are going to be important bits and we can do this bit by bit sentence by sentence a touch of description will also build the picture and of course in the old lady you've got the eyes you've got the hair look at that mouth what does that mouth look like a nice little simile there and the skin the way the skin is lying and then with the young lad you've got that amazing hair you've got the curls you've got the hood Uh, You've got the eyes, you've got the teeth, you've got his hand held up there. So, name it. Think about what your character feels. What might they say? What might they do? And a touch of description. So we start to build up two very distinct characters. Okay, so off we go. And what you'll see, Kirsty, is that um, sentences start appearing. The children around the country uh, will be writing. And then it enables me to comment on them as they come up. But we also have adults who comment on the children's writing. And sometimes it's great when the children read each other's writing and come back and comment. We always try and comment in in a supportive manner, sometimes raising questions, but identifying what we liked, etc. Oliver, the wrinkles on Gretchen's face show a roadmap of life experience as she stares with piercing eyes into my soul. OK, I love that, Oliver. Now see if you can deepen it. How is Gretchen really feeling? Therefore, what does she do? Bring her alive. Get her doing something. Sachin, I like that idea of the dried dates. Micklefield, year six, Schoolers, Thomas, two sides, hair of flames and eyes of ice. You need of, not if. Uh, but I love that. And actually, I like the way you've used the semicolon there. Hair of flames, eyes of ice. Lovely contrast, Micklefield. Well done. Archie, Mrs. Kandinsky jumped up and walked away slamming the door behind her uh she's feeling angry isn't she because or frustrated because she's slamming a door beautiful work archie you're showing me suggesting to me rather than telling me uh kit hawkeye clenches his fists when his mates on the uh uh, won the football match that's an interesting one. I love the clench um have a look at that word that word one Um, that's the one for counting that you've written, if you see what I mean. You know how to do that. Knit back and sort that one out, will you, Kit? Ted, Mrs. Brown turned her head like a puppet with a very straight face. Now embellish, now add to it. Get her saying something or doing something that really, really shows me. Suggests, hints, gives me a clue as to how she's feeling. Phoebe, Elaine sighed. love it. It's the side, and tears pricked her eyes. Great stuff. She's feeling sad, regretful, something like that. I should have mentioned him. She had never looked so old. Mm, I shouldn't have mentioned him lovely 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 work Phoebe Edith Mrs Porridge looked up at me with tears in her eyes I really like that I love Miss Porridge uh, have a, uh, oh my goodness have a look at the looked up you've got a capital there for the looked but I tell you what Edith can you go stronger than looked stared up glanced up peered up I don't know um, Lorraine Harrison coming back at Sachin uh, Kit Sandbridge. Nick has, has hair of fire yeah what a lovely image there Rosie, Ginger turned around, his grey hood swishing, and there, standing in front of him was his old friend Blondie. Yeah, carry on. Now, tell us a bit more about um, uh, Ginger. Build that picture, but to do it, think, how does he feel? Therefore, what does he do? Caitlin from Randwick, over the hill from me. Julie glanced at me and started to shout. Now, Caitlin, that's a lovely idea. Um, you know, if I'm your try and be like your teacher when you write reread it before you post it and just ask your sorts of questions. Your teacher would ask of you. Just reread that. There's a couple of things that you could sort out. I know you could do that. Great start, though, Caitlin. Well done, Kitty. There she was. semicolon, staring at me with her witchlike eyes. My face creased and I frowned. I love that because you get in the contrast between the character and um, a reaction. Uh, from uh, your character Uh, mrs kilgore coming in thank you very much melody alex gasped and ran up the stairs then he slammed so he's gasping he's shocked he's upset Uh, i think he's probably upset by the sound of it and uh, that's running nicely for you melody keep going jennifer's sparkling eyes have seen past times and aren't really present i love that idea of the eyes not really being present Jennifer's sparkling eyes. I think we need to edit that. Let's have a think. Jennifer's sparkling eyes. Okay. Lily. Finley took a hand and held it up as if he was scared. Mm, That sounds uh, interesting. What's going to happen next? Theo, Mrs. Glitchin. I like the name, Theo. Swivelled round, glaring at me with eyes filled with hatred. Oh, dear. What's she going to say? Get her saying something. Um, Isla, Mrs. Pye. thank you very much. Turned around and says in a dry voice, you're going to play this game, are you? <laughs> I think after voice, you need a comma to introduce the speech there, Isla. But I love that one. That it's the dry voice. Kaylin, uh, British Shear turned around, slammed the door shut and shouted. OK, what does she shout, Kaylin? Uh, get that bit going. Think about how she feels. Therefore, what would she say? This is going absolutely mad. There are so many things. Uh, Shrisha, Mrs. Latter held my hand still, slapped me and said, you go away. Srisha, have a look at the punctuation in you go away. Probably I would go for an exclamation there, I think. What's going to happen next though, Shrisha What's the reaction of the character that Douglas, Mrs. Gregging, had wrinkles all over her face, but she was very scary. What's she going to say, do you think, uh, uh, Douglas? Zach, Mrs. Groggin?" Gogging. You'll need a capital there, Zach. Turned around slowly, glancing into my lonely lost soul. I like that touch of alliteration there, Zach, and the glancing. That really brings it alive. CJ. Mrs. Pullman stared at me. No joke, Dylan. The world will blow up unless you stop it. Oh, cracking stuff. That's an Anthony Horowitz one. Well done. Uh, Lucas. Jack had hair like curling flames escaping from under the hood of his jacket. What a corking sentence. Well done, Lucas. Then think about how he's feeling. What would he do? What would he say? Bring the character alive. Um, Oliver, she feels an intense surge of anger bubbling in her insides like a ticking bomb. Then what happens, Oliver? Oscar. Joe stared into the distance trying to see something. Then what happens next? Nice little opening to a story there. You've got Oscar Keith. Harry stared into your eyes trying to read you. My goodness, I'm exhausted. There's so many of them. And it goes on and on and on. Um, I think we probably, um, have we got to, I think we probably uh, ought to be moving into uh, the interview now with um, Kirsty. Mm. What we could do now, Russell, is I think we could play the interview And folk could either go back to the response padlet and send Kirsty a message, or if you want to, you can uh, multitask and um, just add to the JotCast as you're going along, gradually developing and growing a paragraph. But we really do need to get on to the interview.
0: And very nice it is too, Kirsty. Thank you so much. That was lovely. Um, thank you. Uh, there will be a lot of Maggie's who are listening to this right now. Were you a middle child?
5: Do you know? I wasn't a middle child. No, I'm a youngest child. There was just two of us in mm. our family. Uh, but Maggie is very much based on me, even though I wasn't a middle child.
0: Wow, that was my next question. So thank you so much. That was really good. And I just wonder whether there was experience. So where did you get the experience from? Because there are some very special, some very special attributes you need to apply to a middle child.
5: Yeah, um, I yeah, I thought about this a lot. And I think we do, there is very much a perception that middle children um, often feel left out and not special. Um, and I think that's, sometimes there is some truth to that I asked quite a lot of middle children how they felt about being a middle child actually it was amazing the the variety of responses I got some people my husband's a middle child he said oh no there's no good points about me being a middle child and uh-huh. other people said no it's wonderful you know you've always got someone to play with and there were a lot of positives about it as well but what I really took away from it was that I think that certainly I did. And I think most children at some point, regardless of whether they're a middle child or not, have those feelings of not being special, um, of perhaps being unimportant and not being noticed. So um, I actually think that those things are quite relatable for all children, in fact. Wow.
0: Uh, When did the story start to take shape in your mind? How long have you been writing this title?
5: um this it uh it began life a very long time ago I think in 2013 I was on a writing course and it began life on that writing course in a workshop um I actually wrote we had to find, we were in a big old house and we had to find a room in this big old house. We had to write a letter to someone and we had to think why we were in this room, how it was making us feel, who we were writing to. And I wrote a letter from an eldest child to their mother and this story started to uh, take shape in my head but it wasn't until about a year late or probably more than that actually perhaps 18 months later that I came back to this story mm. and started writing it and it actually I wrote a lot of it from the eldest child's point of view and it wasn't called The Midler and uh, and I suddenly had I mean, it wasn't really working and I had a moment of inspiration where I remembered an exercise I'd done in an English class at school where we had rewritten um, a Greek myth from a particular character's point of view. And I suddenly thought, oh gosh, I could do this with this book. And I suddenly decided to write it from the middle child's point of view, the person who isn't the special one, who is sort of on the sidelines Mm -hmm. as it were. And I thought maybe that could work. And suddenly I wrote that prologue and the title came to me, the middler, and suddenly I had a, a voice, and it all—I rewrote the whole book actually, and it it flowed much better. And I got that little tingle you get when you think something's going to work.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So you wrote the prologue first.
5: Well, I wrote an enormous amount of the book first, okay, uh, as from an eldest child's point of view,
2: uh-huh.
5: and then. I rewrote it completely. And yeah, I did start at that point when I rewrote it completely. I did start with that prologue, yes.
0: Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, What tips could you share with our young writers? So they're very keen to understand what kind of notebook do you have, Kirsty?
5: Well, I think people are always quite surprised at my notebooks because I absolutely love writing in school exercise books. So I will actually go out and buy myself school exercise books with those sort of, you know, very plain covers and just ruled lines and that that's what I like to write on which I think surprises people sometimes
0: no, that's brilliant. I, I was surprised as well. Yes, it did. I was, <laughs> I was expecting some leather-bound old thing that you picked up in a second-hand shop in the in Bath on one weekend or something. It's something peculiar. I know.
5: <laughs> I feel like that's what I should like, but no. actually, what I really like, no. and I literally buy them in packs, big packs of twenty school exercise books, and wow. that's what I like writing on. <laughs> that's
0: good. And so, what if we opened one of these, Kirsty? What would we find inside there? What, how, do, and what do you take notes about?
5: um well all kinds of things I and, and actually I, would, I I have this sort of ideal image of myself that I have one for each uh story idea and that um I I keep it ordered and then maybe I have another one for when I go out and I'm just writing random things in but actually what it happens in reality is they all get mixed up and I end up right so you would actually find bits of story written in there. You would find little ideas for new books that suddenly come to me. You would find little things written down that may turn into something later on or may not. You would find exercises that I've done in writing workshops because i when it comes to the writing workshop i'm always in a hurry Mm. so i can never find my proper writing workshop exercise book and i just grab anyone so it might be the middler one and uh, and then that's in there and then also we'll we'll have shopping lists in there (laughs) and to-do lists it's and it all ends up in a horrible random mess that when i want to find something i have to search through which is probably not ideal but then sometimes i think well maybe that's quite nice because maybe it's that kind of crazy randomness that reflects the inside of of well my mind anyway and uh, maybe that's that's where good stories come from
0: (laughs) always where good stories come from thank you so much for your reading and thanks so much for your time for joining us Kirsty thank you
5: thank you it's been lovely to be here
0: this is radioblogging.net
4: Wow, that was a very thoughtful uh, thoughtful um, interview. Really enjoyed sitting and listening to that. And I do like the sound of Kirsty's voice. That's interesting, isn't it, Russell, that different tones of voice appeal to us. Uh, and it's something very special about radio, isn't it? Because you've got nothing to look at exactly. You're just sort of sitting there. Uh, but the voice has to do all the work inside the head. <coughs>
0: Yes, especially when you clonk clonk your microphone on. That was perfectly timed. So thank you so much. And I know who you are so I shall be attentive to that. Thank you. That was the most poignant moment. Um, Yes, but I think it also comes from passion as well. I, I don't think you can talk convincingly on anything if you don't really believe it. But performance, I love the I love a performance. Padlets, the most stunning element, and I love because that bridges the writing to the talking, and that the two are just intrinsically linked together for me.
4: They are, aren't they? And it's it's when you listen to the children reading aloud, and I know this from being a teacher, that sometimes you look at something a child's written and you think, well, that's not up to much. But if you say to the child, "Can you read it to us?" then when you hear the child read it with expression, it suddenly comes alive i suppose it's the difference between um uh, looking at a film script or radio script or a play it's the difference between looking at it on the page and then when it's read aloud the voice the musicality of the voice the expression brings the words alive and it does something to the imagination you're also absolutely right i'm sure there is nothing quite like enthusiasm mm. passion it, it spreads um uh, and, and I know that when I uh, give talks and things to uh, to teachers and children, I turn it on. I go for it because I really believe in what I'm saying. And you can't you can't do that. You can't turn it on unless you are absolutely committed. Okay, enough of all of this frivolity, folks. We've been looking at character today. If you come out of the jockcast, look at activity two. This is the last thing that we do. And there's our orange box which says contrasting characters click on that and this leads us into our final activity which is of course to write about a character and so what we've said when we're doing this what we're thinking about is make sure that you have don't use my names use your own uh, your own names because this is your piece of writing remember so name your characters think about how your character is feeling and great to get contrasting characters because in the middle we have definitely got some contrasting characters and if in a story you have two people who feel or behave in different ways you're going to get conflict and out of that a story is probably going to arise so contrasting characters is a good little writing tactic and moves us forwards from having one main character okay so think about how your character feels or what sort of person they are are they shy person are they a bossy person what are they like or how are they feeling and that will then tell you what they're going to do what they're going to say and how they say it Touch of description can be very helpful. So here we go. I've got three uh, paragraphs, and this actually builds on something that we did do about 20 shows ago. So some of you will be building, some of you will have been taught some of this in school. I'll read you my model out, and then we'll talk about how you can record it uh, yourselves. Jake opened the door, slipped into the room, and sat down behind the others. Sorry I'm late, he mumbled, staring at his toes trying not to catch anyone's eye. Mr. Duggan droned on and on about fronted adverbials while Jake chewed over what had happened. He could not forget the look in his mum's face when they had slammed the door. A moment later, Kabir shoved open the classroom door, ambled in and chucked his school bag down beside an empty space at a table. Morning, Mr. D, he exclaimed, interrupting the year six bag lesson with a grin. I would have been with you earlier, but I was doing social distancing at the bus stop and missed it. Kabir wrestled a notebook and pencil out of his bag, sat back and gave his best impression of being fascinated by Mr. Duggan's explanation concerning the way in which adverbials were a movable feast. Jake didn't hear what was being said as he replayed the events of the morning. Kabir pretended to listen as he planned his next step. Maxine drank in every word now if i've been successful i haven't told you how jake is feeling or how kabir is feeling or what sort of people they are or indeed what maxine is like but you should have been able to pick up what they're feeling what's going on from the way in which i've written it i've tried to show how they're feeling through what they're doing how they're behaving and what they're saying, that is characterization. So my challenge to you is, can you write a scene? And quite a good way is just to bring a character into a room, as I've done there. But you may well be able to think of something different that you've been practicing on the Jotcast, that's fine. But what we're looking for is two contrasting characters. I've slipped Maxine in at the end there, bringing in a third one. And just underneath my model there, you've got where you put your title, remember your name, Create your blog post. And what we often say is write it in your notebook first, read it aloud, edit it, then get it up into the blog, then reread, double check for uh, spellings, full stops so that you haven't missed a word out or anything. And then if you scroll down, you can see where you write your school's name, etc., and you can submit it. And I think it's great if everybody who blogs, if you could all read somebody else's blog and respond, that would be fantastic. Now, just below that, David, we've got the audio uh, bit. Can you just talk that through a little bit for
1: us, please? Yes, so this is the opportunity every uh, person gets, whether adult or child, to uh, record their writing that they've written and submitted as a blog post. So you can just do what uh, Pai has explained there by creating your uh, writing in your notebook. You can then write it into the form that's on that page and submit it. When approved, when we always approve, uh, check these and approve these, it will sit in the listeners' posts uh, up on the top menu there. You can go and see. Um, your blog post there and it's great if you can visit that as Pius said and leave each other some comments thinking about great things they've done, something they could improve, maybe ask a question um, and you can also if you're up to this a little new challenge here would be to um, link in a blog post that you have written so you grab a blog post a link that you've uh, to a blog post that you have written and you could say why don't you read my story and put a link in there so I'll be looking out to see if anyone can do that but in terms of the the audio posts there is a player and the player if you play it it's just about 40 seconds long explains everything you need to do to create your audio performance little hints and tips uh, that we can give you is to practice first of all go and stand in front of a mirror practice reading it so you know what's coming next and then have a go follow the instructions at any point you can come stop that, you can come out of it, you can play it back, you can try again until you are happy and then submit that one and that's what we love to do. Later on about 5 o'clock and then about 8 o'clock we come back and have a listen to what's been um, submitted and then it's Russell that can do some uh, audio trickery to add some jingles and have them ready for the show tomorrow for the ones that we choose. So it's our favourite part of the show and uh, something that can be very powerful just like you've heard today from Thomas and Emily. So yes, that's uh, the advice uh, over to you pi. OK, great stuff. Yes. So we
4: are looking forward to um, hearing those performance pieces. I log on every night just to see what's there. First thing in the morning, just to see what's there. Fantastic show. Tomorrow, we've got Matt Goodfellow with us. We'll be doing some short burst poetic uh, uh, type writing. And Matt's going to be reading some of his poems. And next week, we're getting a pretty good lineup for next week, aren't we, Russell? I think, I think I'm right in saying that we may well have. The amazing Beverly Naidoo, who wrote Journey to Joburg. Teachers, uh, mums and dads, you you will probably, a lot of you know that absolute classic. Um, We've also probably got Philip Reeve coming on, who wrote Mortal Engines. What a fantastic fantastic writer he is really looking forward to that so we're lining some cracking things up for next week um russell we are at ten
0: thirty-six
4: now by my clock probably time to think about winding up
0: good i love the time checks that you're spot on mm-hmm. there i have to say you're really good and yes a carnegie medal holder as well and a winner of the nestle smarties prize really looking forward to chatting to beverly she's scheduled uh for later today so fingers crossed and, and that'll all be in there so another week of fabulous radio blogging folks to listen to thank you so much for staying with the show ian very very quickly a couple of shout outs from you
3: yes indeed Mr Sands from Tadcaster Primary I wanted to shout out to Ruby who's working today with Mrs Watson uh, and also Mrs McCalmont as well the middle was one of our reading teacher book club reads who was really looking forward to today's show we also heard from uh, Thomas from year 5 at Birchwood uh, we also heard from Lyra this morning uh, we also heard from Maggie and Siobhan uh, we also heard from Tara as well so many people got in touch thank you so much indeed it's been really good really lovely show this morning. Russell, back to you.
0: Thank you so much indeed, Ian. From all of us here at radioblogging.net, thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Been a bit of a fun, bouncy, extra, super show. I hope you enjoyed it. Lovely reading. And thank you so much indeed to our author, Kirsty Applebaum. Absolutely loved, loved that title. And thank you to the brilliant Thomas and the lovely Emily for some stunning reading there on today's audio padlets. You are really, all of you, getting so much better. We can see the improvement in almost everything you do. We're back here at 9.30 for a cracking show again everything will be wrapped up on the website for you to enjoy one more hour as many times as you like if you enjoyed the show please consider uh, hitting our GoFundMe donation button and giving what you can uh, we are very grateful for everything we get and it's the only funding mechanism at the moment so please give as generously as you can and thanks so much i hope you enjoyed the show as much as we have today catch you tomorrow